0: podcast is sponsored by Nature Careers. If you get a chance, take a look at Nature Careers' new funding website, which collates thousands of international funding and grant opportunities. So whether you're looking for an undergrad or postgrad scholarship, fellowships or funding for a project, try a search at naturecareersfunding.com. Welcome
1: to the Blue Podcast, brought to you by Cambridge University Science Magazine. In each episode, we delve into the intersections between science, technology and society, featuring guest researchers who present a fresh perspective on their work, what goes on behind the scenes, and the latest developments in their field. I'm your host, Laura Chilver, together with Lurby Coates, and today we will be interviewing Motheer Rahman about his research into converting CO2 into renewable fuels.
2: Good morning, I'm Motheer, I'm a postdoc uh... Uh, in the Reisner group. Today I would like to talk about our current research and what we are doing in the lab.
1: Amazing, welcome.
2: Thanks thanks a lot for organizing this uh, interview and I'm really looking forward to talk about our research.
1: We're really very happy to have you here. Could you just start by giving us a short overview of the research you're doing at the moment?
2: First, first I would like to give an overview uh, about overall research, what what we are doing in the Risenel Lab. It's like all together. So in in our group, it's it's highly interdisciplinary research. Like we are doing many things. We are covering different sections of uh, chemistry, different Types of uh, like uh, catalytic process and solar fuel, solar driven uh, fuel synthesis process, and uh, three main categories of our research are uh, pottery reforming and then biohybrid and at the end CO2 reduction. So today I think we uh, our topic is green energy and uh, decarbonization. So, so I associ- am associated with uh, the third section which is CO2 carbon dioxide conversion. So the first is uh, energy and uh, decarbonization. So. So I'm, I'm associated with uh, the third section, which is CO2 carbon dioxide conversion. So the first is uh, photoreforming. I will give, give a brief introduction to to it. So solar-driven hydrogen production is is, a, is one of the very promising way to uh, to make uh, solar fuel. This process, it's uh, limited by water oxidation because if you want to have a fuel formation, so by reduction, so you, you should have also uh, the oxidation counterpart. So when we try to make hydrogen from water, so that process is, uh, is limited by the counter water oxidation part. Then uh, the idea was why not replacing that water oxidation part by, by some substrate oxidation, kind of waste substrate like plastic, like biomass, to make uh, different valuable organic chemicals from oxidation as well as Combined with solar hydrogen evolution by uh, water splitting. Like so hydrog- hydrogen evolution comes from like proton, you just reduce that proton to get hydrogen. So that's the photoreforming section uh, we do. And the second one is biohybrid. We use also biocatalyst. We, we, we integrate enzymes, different enzymes and microorganisms. Uh, because they're, they're really selective, they're really promising. Also, if you can integrate nicely the biocatalyst into a solar device or if, if you can form an electrode, so these are really, really promising uh, systems. Um, and we, we also investigate this type of system. We try to also do some fundamental research as well, how they integrate, how they uh, like interact with the electrodes. We even make photoelectrodes out of this, like we just assemble the biohybrid systems to a photo photosensitizer and to make the photoelectrode. And then by irradiating light, we can just form some nice chemicals and fuels out of this. So this is the second section. And the third one is CO2 utilization, carbon dioxide reduction. Car, car, because the concept why we need carbon dioxide reduction, why, why we need to do, because now if you see the current data, the CO2 convert uh, CO2 concentration is, is now it's crazy. Uh, crazily increased like in the uh, in the atmosphere it's now 400 around 415 ppm 413 ppm i think last month so it's because of the industrial evolution and all these things like uh, we are cutting all the trees and then making all the too much of uh, industrial section and uh, also our transport automobile uh, part also and this is this is the concept that we need to basically reduce that, that concentration from the atmosphere. So, the excess amount of carbon dioxide which we have in the atmosphere, because this is greenhouse gas, carbon dioxide is a greenhouse gas, and if you, if you have too much concentration of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere, the global atomic, uh, warming comes. We need to reduce that excess amount of carbon dioxide, and the best way forward would be if we can just convert that into something valuable. So that that, the idea comes from, like, if we can convert the excess amount of carbon dioxide into something valuable like fuels or chemicals. So fuels could be like syngas, which is carbon monoxide or hydrogen mixture. Also, it could be hydrocarbon directly from carbon dioxide. So carbon monoxide hydrogen mixture is a a good, very interesting uh, product because you can even make long-chain hydrocarbon fuel from syngas by Thesatops process. So that's, that's why, because people generally, if you, if you just report uh, like a carbon monoxide forming uh, system, catalyst system, people say, oh, carbon monoxide is it's toxic, it's not good. But the, the, the utilization is, is really helpful and very important uh, product because you can just combine carbon monoxide with hydrogen and then you can make long chain hydrocarbon fuels like even C8 oh wow C8 yeah by Fischer process you can make even C8 hydrocarbon that is a liquid fuel and you can just directly use it so mm-hmm. this is ca- so carbon monoxide hydrogen that is syngas is one system you can make direct hydrocarbon C2 C3 hydrocarbon directly from uh, carbon dioxide the most important product like alcohols basically mm-hmm. liquid alcohol also format Formate format is one type of product but alcohols are uh, the most important uh, types of product you can make directly from carbon dioxide because they're liquid product and high energy density products so even if you can make directly from co2 so that is very useful and important process this is the idea of why we need co2 reduction and in our laboratory we we do different types of co2 conversion uh, reaction so so there are different types of process, like thermochemical, photochemical, photoelectrochemical. But main three types of process, what we do in our laboratory, they're electrochemical, photochemical, and photoelectrochemical. So electrochemical carbon dioxide. So now I will come why we need a catalyst. It's better to first introduce the, why we need a catalyst to do this process, because CO2, carbon dioxide, is, is a very stable molecule. It has a very... High bond energy around eight hundred kilojoules per mole, so it's it's not easy to break the molecule because if we want to convert carbon dioxide into something valuable, we need to break that. And to break normally carbon dioxide, we need a huge amount of energy. That is not a favorable process. So we need here a catalyst to reduce the energy barrier, which will accelerate the process. We need so then it will be like energy efficient basically. So. Now I come again to the three types of processes which we use here in our laboratory or which we do. Uh, First is electrochemical. That's like electrochemical carbon dioxide reduction is something like you use electricity. Electricity which is like derived from fossil fuel or any renewable source like solar or wind or water. So you use electricity directly to break carbon dioxide and here you need catalyst, you have a cell, generally two compartment cell, you have catalyst as a working electrode, then you use a reference electrode to to, uh, basically apply a potential or to measure the applied potential on the catalyst and you use a counter. So all electrochemical process contains mainly two combined process, one is reduction and course a counter oxidation process so counter electrode is something like you pass the uh, counter current so there you have you for you have oxidation so co2 reduction so co2 conversion means we mainly talk about reducing co2 co2 reduction so you apply electronic uh, so you put electron in co2 and you break the co2 molecule and then you form something some uh, some products like gas, like hydrocarbon or alcohol. So that is electrochemical uh, process. You have electricity, you just using electricity, you just break the molecule. Second is photochemical process. So photochemical is, you can use solar energy directly to, to break CO2. There you need a photosensitizer, like a semiconducting photosensitizer material, which can act as a light harvesting material as well as, as, well as catalyst but you can use also a photosensitizer or semiconducting material and as a co-catalyst system you can just attach a catalyst so it's kind of mainly homogeneous it's not homogeneous heterogeneous system but it's mm-hmm. like a mix in a solution you just put the catalyst and you just uh, steer it disperse the catalyst and you sign light basically it absorbs light and then uh, the the photosensitizer absorbs light and the catalyst does the job so it, it converts co2 into syngas so
1: This is very much like what you actually see in a plant.
2: Exactly, uh, that's, um, that's why we call it artificial photosynthesis. So, um, so we, we try to mimic what plant is doing basically. So plant is doing the similar thing like carbon dioxide, water using sunlight, they're producing sugar and oxygen. So the oxidative part is producing oxygen and then reductive part is carbon dioxide to sugar. It's, it's a similar thing. So here, in our case, also when we do artificial photosynthesis, it's, it's, it we are using a photosensitizer, a catalyst system, and then we have this counter reaction also. Water ox, water oxidation forms oxida, oxygen and a re- reducing part of like that carbon dioxide into something valuable. So that mm-hmm. is the photochemical. You, we use the dispersed system and then shining light. Photoelectrochemical is third. Third section. And that's a quite interesting section because you, you, you use the concept of photochemical and electrochemical together. Mm-hmm. So there you you can use even a separated cell, like you have you can have an oxidation part and reducing part separately. You use a light-sensitive cathode. So cathode is where we do the reduction process, the main main part of the of the electrode systems so you have cathode there with catalyst but you attached a photosensitizer photosensitizer or light harvesting system so you use light here in the working electrode system and you can control the potential you can measure how much potential you are getting by irradiating light in absence or in presence you can see nicely you can monitor even uh, properly, how much you need to put, how much you are gaining. So it's, it's a control system, basically, and you use the concept of photochemical and photoelectrochemical together here. Why this is an efficient system? Because you can tune this system. It, it's up to you. So you can you can use a, an efficient photosensitizer according to your need for, for what type of product you, are, you want to form. So from carbon dioxide, so there are, as I told you before, before that you have different uh possibilities you have different types of product you can form selectively like carbon monoxide then formic acid hydrocarbons alcohols. so according to your need so, so these all types of product they need different different types of condition, and then you can basically maintain and control by using different photosensitizer or light harvesting material and different catalyst so here comes my research basically what i do so i, I I design different types of metal, metal oxide, and alloy type of catalyst. And then I try to interface that catalyst with a photosensitizer like a solar cell, a type of solar cell. And then I characterize that photocathode. And at the end, I assemble that photocathode even with with the counter, which is the oxidizing part, as with a photoanode. So anode is the oxidizing part where you have water oxidation or substrate oxidation. So I, I try to make a leaf type of, artificial leaf type of like a assembled kind of, one side you have like uh, the photocathode section where you have this solar cell, perovskite solar cell and the catalyst. Another side you have like bismuth vanadate photoanode. So there you have, so these two are connected. So electron can flow through them. And then here you have water oxidation and this side you have carbon dioxide detection. So basically I try to design different types of catalysts which can form different products selectively, uh, like from carbon dioxide.
0: It sounds like the um, the system that you have is is very flexible in terms of that then, you know, you can, um, like, depending on what product you want to come out of it, you can sort of chop and change the, the way things are arranged. Um, and, and so, So by, you know, using CO2 and converting it into these useful products in this way, um, and, you know, having the solar technology element of it as well is super exciting and, and so novel. Um, And I just wondered how efficient are these processes in comparison to the traditional ways of obtaining these types of useful products, you know, for example, um, you know, these different types of alcohols and things?
2: Very good question. So this this is this is the question we always face when, when we uh, yeah. present our work. So if you if you see the the normal process of alcohol formation, that is fermentation. And mm-hmm. then it needs also energy, first of all, and it requires the land to plant trees to make sugarcane. Simply let's 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 talk about normal fermentation, like when people make alcohol from rice or sugarcane just putting together and then mix like for 15 days and then getting alcohol so even like ethanol we, we can get so we can say okay this is kind of like a, an efficient pos- process of making alcohol and however it requires energy the main point is nowadays that we don't have much space we don't have good amount of agri- agricultural land to make sufficient amount of this type of precursor for alcohol formation. Yes, like 50 years before, of course. So now we we have why we are just advancing technologies because nowadays the the situation is getting changed ev- all the time. So we have to just think about an alternative process, like which how we can mimic or how we can form this type of product without having this type of barriers. So fuel from carbon dioxide is something you, it's a clean formation and if you can make it like using solar energy so you just think about like you don't use a, an expensive material like the catalyst is generally cheap material because we use copper based catalyst which is very cheap and the good thing is if you make a system catalyst system you can reuse it you can use it for a long time if you if you make that like nanoparticle type of system so this is the advantage of uh using uh, like a three-dimensional metal catalyst system you can reuse it again and again and where are the energy inputs because you use solar energy you mm-hmm. use renewable energy there you use water and carbon dioxide and that is the carbon dioxide is waste and then you are yeah. So you, you have right really really not only alcohol even syngas gas you have really, really high gain if you, if you compare. Fossil fuels are getting like, we are, we are not going to have fossil fuel much after like 30, 40 years. Yeah. As well as we are not having much amount of trees. So deforestation is another problem. Land, agricultural land, we don't have. To get alcohol in traditional way, which is fermentation, we need to have a good amount of like whatever, rice grain, sugar, mm-hmm. with that? We are getting now restriction uh, with all these things. And this technology, it, it just takes the waste. It just takes the excess amount of greenhouse gas. And then we, we combine with water. And then basically we use a catalyst system and then solar energy to convert. Yeah,
1: It sounds quite incredible, like a really very efficient and impressive way of dealing with these by products from other processes and making them into useful product what are the like the products you make like the carbon monoxide the methane the syngas, gas multi-carbon liquids uh, what are they usually used for after they've been produced by your processes and how do you usually make them into what they're used for
2: i, I must mention here one thing there is still people are struggling the scientists are struggling to separate the liquid products, basically. So mm-hmm. the gaseous product separation is good. It's, it's fine. So if you, if you form gas, or if you form methane or even gaseous hydrocarbons like C2, C3 hydrocarbons, they are gaseous. They come out of the electrolyte. So again, the, the system is, I will try to give an uh, idea. So you have a cell. Cell means a chamber, maybe a glass chamber. And then you have an electrolyte. Electrolyte is like water, and then you, you use the salt because you need conductivity. So you, you need connection if you, if you put electrodes, like photoelectrodes and the counter-electrode. So you, you need to connect them. So the, we use salt that is bicarbonate, like or some very cheap, uh, lot. Yeah. Like even we can use like normal salt, sodium chloride. We can use potassium chloride, like bicarbonate salt to, to just get the ions get the conductivity bicarbonate is generally used because bicarbonate is good to solubilize co2 because you can have an uh, 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 an equilibrium there so basically what we do we have the electrolyte and then we saturate co2 through the electrolyte what kind of co2 we don't directly take co2 from the atmosphere co2 capture is a different technology so we are not doing that we use co2 bottle and then we saturate co2 by purging saturate the electrolyte and then basically we do the photo electrolysis we do we just read light and we try to convert it now again i'm coming back to the separation of product gaseous product is way way easier to separate because you just it just comes out of the electrolyte it forms Mm -hmm. on the electrode surface and comes out of the electrolyte and you have the headspace of the gas of course everything is gas tight so we we just perform experiments in our uh, like closed chamber and then we analyze the gaseous aliquot we take gaseous aliquot from the headspace and as well as as well as we we check the liquid the electrolyte if the liquid form any liquid product forms so you can separate the gaseous product easily but still now people are struggling to separate out the liquid products mm-hmm. you can separate liquid products like formate alcohols but we need here an extra amount of energy if we want to do yeah. distillation. So it's now people are still working. There is a different section. Uh, there are scientists. They are thinking about how to separate it, like uh, in efficient way. But still now, if we make in a very efficient manner, if we make in a good amount of alcohol, even fractional distillation is 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 fine. Energy mm-hmm. efficient. If we if we even invest amount of energy for the distillation to separate the product still worthy to make yeah. a large scale. Process. Just separate the products out. And then you, you, you use so alcohol, you can use just you can you can run a car by alcohol. And uh, yeah, it's gas mm-hmm. the further processing like you use uh, nickel, cobalt type of catalyst to do the piece process, you have, you have to apply a bit. So piece of process uh, is basically is a, a standard process uses like the syngas carbon monoxide and hydrogen and then basically it uses also some temperature and pressure to make this long chain hydrocarbon so, mm-hmm. so different products has different type of like uh, applications like formate you can use formic acid as a formic acid fuel cell uh, preservative and all these things so it's like all valuable products fuels and chemicals
0: yeah it sounds it's kind of like literally um one person's trash is another person's treasure really isn't it just it's yeah. it's perfect because this co2 is getting released into the atmosphere anyway so why not use it and i guess as well with the uh, separation of the product you know uh, some may see that as a criticism or, or a limitation within the field but actually um you have to do that with crude oil anyway like when you drill it out the ground you know there's was an awful amount of research gone into that in terms of separating out products from that so i'm sure it i'm sure it's something that will be you know, um, solved. You know, fairly quickly. And in terms of that, you know, this is a sort of remarkable technology. And how scalable is it? You know, can you envision that that these types of cells can be upscaled into a sort of larger level, so that we can do this type of uh, technology in order to make these useful products?
2: Again, an excellent question. Yes, I will give. Uh, I will try to give some numbers. Lab scale, what we do, is tiny. We we just try to show that this is possible, but a prototype or lo- large scale like application that should be done by the ind- industry. Now, if I come to the electrocatalytic system, electrocatalytic CO two reduction, there are already uh, some industries like Siemens, Evonik, they're applying this. They are having like. A big electrode maybe five meter by five meter electrodes so i think it's uh, pretty huge it's a pretty huge uh, i think uh, if i remember correctly the lead person from siemens he gave an a lecture i think it was during my yeah it was during my phd so he told like so they built like five meter by five meter electrode could be plus minus something if i if i just mistaken but it's a huge and they have a very big electrolyzer like a chamber like a room and then yeah. basically they so it's electro catalytic here we don't need the solar energy we just use electric electricity so then they they perform so they have this electrode with catalyst and then they perform electrochemical carbon dioxide reduction to syngas and they have also a, a second uh, like technology they they feed the syngas to some microbes that's that's why they are combining like uh, with these two, like eponic and Siemens, i think so they are, they are they're they're putting this carbon monoxide and hydrogen mixture to microbes, and then the microbes fermented the carbon monoxide and hydrogen to higher alcohol. So it's kind of like bio electrochemical like combination. That's that's the, an example that industry still we already started using uh, this technology in a big scale. Uh, a recent photochemical uh, technology. Uh, so from Professor Domain Lab from Japan. So they, they had like, a number of solar panels for photochemical hydrogen evolution. So it's like in total 100 meter square solar panel. It's published recently in Nature. So they upscaled their technology. They have like photo sheets and then small, like a, a photo sheets panel, but they, they made like many. And outside, so direct solar irradiation, and they have like photocatalytic hydrogen evolution out of that panel. So that is a recent. Uh, nature paper. From our group, from Risenal Lab, we have she published uh, a prototype like 35 centimeter square photo sheet. Also, she is from uh, the same group, which published this uh, 100 meter square panel. So, she came here for postdoc and then uh, she made a photo sheet like 35 centimeter square to form carbon dioxide, photochemically carbon dioxide to formic acid and that that was that was published from our group uh, that that was published in nature energy that was a really really good one now we are doing so as i'm i'm working on like uh, perovskite uh, catalyst combinations we are trying to do also we are aiming a meter square device also by assembling different small devices we are trying to make a meter square device using perovskite and the catalyst system to have solar-driven uh, uh, carbon monoxide and hydrogen formation. So let's say so it's, it's possible. Nowadays, people are really looking forward and applying this technology in a large scale. So in, a, in our group, yeah, we, we really uh, look at this scalability part. So we, we really work on this. We try to do it like uh, uh, in a bigger scale, at least as, as much as possible in the laboratory so uh, to, to demonstrate that it's possible and further can be upgraded to large-scale device.
1: The projects you've just mentioned from your lab sound, I mean, amazing, but very much kind of proof-of-concept projects and then Siemens is doing these much more upscaled commercial ones. For part of your group's ongoing goals, is commercialization also a part of that or is it more just showing that it can be done and then finding the next
2: yes yeah, so We, we, we mainly working on fundamental and then quasi large scale application kind of we're basically showing that okay this is the technology we're trying to develop new systems basically and we are showing that okay in in this scale basically it can be applied and then people can just uh, uh, get benefit from from our work and then they can apply we do both like applied and fundamental section we try to do medium large scale system but before that we try to also show what is the interaction how the catalyst system works what could be the problem what and we, we always in all our uh, uh, studies we, we do a long-term uh, analysis long-term stability analysis like we, we run it for three days we run it for five seven days sometimes for the bio bio systems they run it like very long time in in my case I do like one to three days stability test so we show that that, okay this system is stable and also can be applied in that range so it can be further upgraded to that so we Mm -hmm. basically so we we demonstrate what are the possibilities what could be done what could be extracted from this system basically with also fundamental and we do very in-depth spectroscopy analysis also to show that this is the mechanistic pathway it's the point that it's not only applied to section we do it also the fundamental plus application
0: mm-hmm.
2: in our horizon lab
0: yeah it sounds like it's interesting and important that that your lab you know does tend to sort of be on the line between you know the fundamental research okay. and the application and that must really help with, you know, all of your interactions with industry, but also within research. Um, And I just wondered, you know, you, you mentioned a few other labs that do this type of research and also, you know, some big corporations. I wondered how competitive this field is. Is it a field where you kind of have to, you have to be really quick with, with what you put out there, or is it a fairly collaborative field and a little less competitive, I just wondered what the landscape was like
2: so nowadays this system or this technology is becoming like catchy technology people are trying to do all over the world basically now it's getting like of course uh, co2 reduction is like it was done in 80s electrochemically and then it was stopped somehow like people didn't do and then in 2008 mm-hmm. 10 it started again last 10 12 years like it's huge it it, it increased and expanded like anything Yeah, it is competitive for sure so if you get something new you you have to publish it quickly many people are doing not the same thing but it's kind of of. like uh, trying to investigate different possibilities of things so if you get something in your hand it's better to publish uh, Mm quickly but we are really collaborative groups. so we have different collaboration with different people maybe people are who are doing more fundamental thing we, we take help from them we, we take help from uh, different groups We are expertized on spectroscopies or something like that, which we are not doing in in a, in a very good uh, like big scale. Mainly we we do synthesis, we do characterization, we do spectroscopy in our lab, but we try to collaborate with different expertise as well. So in, inside our lab and outside both, yeah, we are we are collaborating.
1: The Reisner group seems both incredibly interdisciplinary.
2: And also, It it is. is. (laughs) I I told in the first sentence, we are very, very interdisciplinary and and really very collaborative. We have collaboration like all over the world, different different groups working on this type of things. And the good thing about our lab is we are collaborating inside our lab like anything. So it's a big group, like almost 30 people now. People are coming also uh, this October, November, more people will join also. So it's like a big group, but we are collaborating among us, among colleagues, basically. So we are trying to combine our ideas, our expertise.
1: So with both the level of interdisciplinarity and kind of the level of public engagement that the Reisner group has, how easy is it for both members of the group to communicate ideas and research to other members of the group who might be specialists in quite a different field? And does that also make public engagement and publishing easier as a group as there's more perspectives going into what's going out?
2: Yeah, exactly. So that, that always helps. Like if you if just interact more, it helps more. It's not like uh, if you think like, okay, maybe people can get my idea and then I, I don't talk to them or something, then you are just confined. You are confined, basically. It's in, in, in scientific research nowadays, you just explore you talk to people you just share idea and basically so when we collaborate with the other uh, team like other group is basically we just have several meetings basically and then we share our, our idea so there let's say different expertise like dft one example like we collaborate with some theoretical uh group who, who does like dft studies density functional theory studies to. To, to basically show the catalyst intermediate interaction how the intermediates are formed how they are disorbing basically uh, so we, 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 we collaborate with, with this type of like a theoretical group uh, and then basically we we explain what we are doing so this is like what we are doing this is basically what we want to have from you and then they also like present to us like okay these these are possibilities and then we discuss basically okay but this for this project we if we just like approach in this way that would be the best so we just agree that and then it really helps like so this makes everything very easier and then fruitful
0: yeah i suppose everybody uh, it, it sort of pushes you to to make yourself uh, be able to explain quite complex ideas in a way that everyone's going to understand and like that's what science should be like. So um, it's brilliant to see some examples of this within you know, your field of research. And um, we've probably only got time for one more question. Um, but, you know, obviously, this is a really cutting edge area of research and definitely one to watch. And if you were to predict what the next breakthrough in the field is going to be what would you say you know what would you say it would be what's the sort of biggest barrier at the moment that needs to be broken to get this you know operating on an even wider scale
2: some barriers like one of them is selectivity you want to form some higher carbon product from co photochemically or electrochemically it forms like different types of like product like different alcohols, different hydrocarbons so the breakthrough will be like you form a higher carbon product directly from co2 using sunlight for a long time using a cheap inexpensive like catalyst system and if you can separate it out properly then you, you are there basically you yeah just, and of course in in a scalable way not in that sure. scale in a big scale then you get basically so so then the result will be water carbon dioxide and in inexpensive catalyst system you basically uh, sign light, and then you get higher, higher carbon product, high energy density product, liquid fuel, and that that fuel, if you can really nicely separate out from the electrolyte, you can use directly that fuel to to run a car.
0: Amazing! It's definitely yeah. a space to watch. Then It's quite <laughs> incredible.
2: Yeah. Hopefully, we'll we'll get there soon.
0: Brilliant. Oh, well, thank you so much for talking to us. I feel like I've learned so much. and
1: Yeah, yeah absolutely. Just, yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's like you're making chloroplasts in the lab. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. It's incredible. <laughs> thank you for listening to this episode of the podcast. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed recording it. We would love to hear what you thought of this week's episode. You can get in touch via Twitter on at Blue Scipod or by email at podcast at uk. To keep updated with our new episodes, you can subscribe to the podcast on Anchor or whatever platform you get your podcasts from.